All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on the cusp of starting week five with a big ball game with the Los Angeles Rams visiting the Seattle Seahawks. I'm looking forward to that ball game. And um, yeah, a couple of things to talk about here, Wiz. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I do want to touch base on some stuff and then we'll get into the waiver wires and we'll talk some Thursday night football. Yeah, sounds good. I'm doing well and I uh, hope uh, everyone out there uh, is uh, is is uh, enjoying and uh Tough, tough game for the Yankees last night. For those who are Yankee fans, uh, boy, such a crazy thing, such a long, long season. It's all over in uh, in a matter of a few hours, one night. But uh, Garrett Cole did not bring his A game with him, and uh, Yankees eliminated by the Red Sox last night. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Wiz, I, I hate the one-game playoff. I really do. If you remember a few years ago when the Mets were involved in one of those one-game playoffs uh, in a game where – you had Noah Syndergaard going head-to-head yeah. with Madison Bumgarner, and both guys just dialed in, pitching remarkably well, and unfortunately, you know, the Mets couldn't muster any offense on that day. They get bounced out, and after a long season, I, I really take a close look at baseball. I, I really think it's a game really going in the wrong direction, in my opinion. I, I don't like the direction of the game, uh, striking out too much and all the pitching changes. I, I mean, I'm kind of old school when it comes to it, but... But I also really hate the way the postseason's kind of laid out. And I think baseball is going to have to figure out a better way how to handle this. I don't like the one-game elimination game. I just don't like it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's difficult. I know they wanted to add more teams, and that seems the way they've done it. But, um, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of changes. The game of baseball is certainly not the game of baseball that we grew up uh, watching as kids and uh, so many changes. I think some have been... Uh, for the better, I don't mind some of them, but you know, like you said, I think uh, it makes for a little bit of uh, difficulty watching a, a full baseball game these days. Very, very, very hard, very hard. But um, anyway, this is about football, and uh, we're going to get into it. So I, I just look. I was pretty excited to see both New York teams pull it out last week. A big win for the Giants. I, I would say this: the Giants have kind of made some progress on two fronts. A couple of weeks ago, they decided to move Daniel Jones out of the pocket. And I think it was quite interesting that the offense, when you had John Ross and, and Kadarius Toney out there, I think they attempted to extend the field a little bit, and I think that made a little bit of a difference in, in terms of the way the Giant offense looked this week. And, you know, I talked about that Jet game. I, I, I really liked the Jets last week against the Tennessee Titans. I felt the Titans were out without a couple of their main weapons. It's never easy to go into another team's uh, building. By the way, I'm in a suicide pool where almost everybody took Tennessee in this pool. Uh, so a lot of a lot of the you know you 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 know you mentioned you got a zig when others are zagging. But it was nice to see the Jets get a win uh, in front of the home fans and Zach Wilson actually playing playing a better football game uh, than we've seen so far. Almost everyone took the Titans or the Bills as like a kind of a gimme. Yeah, yep. I took I, I I took the Bills, but tons of people took the Titans. I think some <laughs> some of the, some of the people's mentality was, hey, you know what? I'm going to save the Bills for later in the season. Yeah, I mean they're not going to be a bigger favorite than they were in that game uh, yesterday. But yeah, I mean I don't know wings. Uh, you know, and those things I really don't like to take road teams, and especially Same. with AJ Brown and Julio Jones out. I don't know that one seems a little yeah. A little you, yours, yours, yours truly took the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean that's pretty, pretty, pretty simplistic in that one. But uh, yeah, good to see the Jets and Giants get on the board. Exciting wins. Uh, in overtime, both teams, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, the Jet game was really like a roller coaster at the very, very end there. It looked like the Jets were going to definitely win in overtime. And then that third and one call where they rolled Wilson out and he kind of like took a loss to the five yard line and had to kick a field goal. It looked just had a feel to it. The Titans were going to come down and win the game, but then they kind of like stalled and they missed a, they missed a field goal to tie the game at the, uh, descended into a tie. That's basically what it would end in a tie. And, uh, uh, Bullock missed the field goal and uh, gave the Jets a win. And uh, as far as the Giants, they just got that ball and drove right down the field and uh, and scored against the Saints to win on the road. A very, very impressive one, I thought, especially by the Giants. Yeah, two two big, two big games in a row by Daniel Jones. So, uh, and, you know, a player that's probably hanging out on a lot of waiver wires. I'm not saying to go out and take Daniel Jones as the number one quarterback, but he could end up being a good bye week filler or if there's an injured quarterback out there. And, you know, we're dealing with some injured quarterbacks right now. We saw how disastrous Drew Locke remains. Uh, you know, without Teddy Bridgewater, the the, the uh, Denver Broncos could muster no offense against the, against the Baltimore Ravens. I continue to be extremely concerned with everything I see going on in Pittsburgh. I think we're not very far away from Ben Roethlisberger actually being taken, his job being taken away with. I don't know if you feel the same way. You and I were both on that bandwagon this year saying that this team was going to come in last place in this division and they're definitely headed towards that right now yeah except for Deontay Johnson and you know had and, and Najee Harris is getting just a ton of workload I mean really difficult if you have any other players it's 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 difficult to watch them on offense to, to see them have fourth and five and throw these two-yard crossing patterns and have no chance of getting a first down it's really um, hard to explain what they're doing there with that offense. And uh, I don't know. I, I just get the feel that this week could be the last stand at home against the Broncos one one way or another. Uh, you know, it's going to go in one direction or the other where maybe Pittsburgh could get some momentum back or if they lose at home to the Broncos. Um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh is going to start having to have some serious discussions about what they want to do at quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't definitely agree with that. Anything else, uh, you know, from the action in, in, in week four that you kind of wanted to touch on? Yeah, I mean, it looks like those young quarterbacks all now in full-fledged system to, you know, you know, Matt Jones looked terrific. I mean, he, he just really looked composed in what was a big emotional game. Um, Fields got in there, and uh, he looked better. And um, and the second time around, as I predicted, they would have giving out the Bears as one of my games last week. And, uh, you know, they're going to roll with him the rest of the year, and there's going to be some ups and downs. And uh, Trey Lance, I know Garoppolo is going to miss a week or two, but if the 49ers could go in there and win that game in Arizona this Sunday, uh, you know, that may be um, – Trey Lance's job for the rest of the year as well. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm excited to see all these young quarterbacks get in there and play. And uh, speaking of, Zach Wilson made some terrific throws, especially that play to Corey Davis for the touchdown. was a very exciting play. So it's good to see these rookies get their opportunity and uh, and play well for uh, for basically the first time all year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I even think Trevor Lawrence played a very good ball game on Thursday, Thursday night against Cincinnati Bengals as well. So... Yeah, step in the right direction, uh, and you know I know you did like the, the like the Bears against the Lions in, in that particular ball game, and and Fields played better. And by the way, what an indictment this is once again because you take away the play calling from Matt Nagy and Bill Lazar takes over there, and you know, again I don't think Matt Nagy is going to be 
being uh, going to be the Chicago Bears coach past this season. Uh, but yeah, you're going to go with some ups and downs there. I know, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Allen Robinson in a lot of leagues that I'm in with is, is involved in a lot of the trade talks uh, as a player. So I, I wonder if he's a player that you can't kind of try to acquire on, on, on the lows right now, uh, thinking that will, he will produce at some higher level as the season kind of moves on here. Yeah, I think the couple of players that I think are, you know, maybe by low candidates are Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, uh, guys that I would not give up on or, you know, I think they could rebound. And, um, and even Chris Godwin, after a great first week, kind of had a couple of quiet weeks. Uh, C.D. Lamb uh, is another player who uh, I'm starting to get concerned about the way that he's being used in his offense. Uh, so you got a couple of interesting by low candidates and, uh, you know, just hope that people who have those players don't really panic because they're all, they're, they're good players. And I think for the most part, um, I expect those players to turn it around. Yeah. Look, the CD lamb one is, you know, in, in a lot of leagues, we saw this happen that CD lamb was either drafted ahead of uh, Amari Cooper or deemed to be around the same value, uh, worth the same in, in auction drafts. And I definitely seeing some people panic about what's going on there. And and as you say, it remains to see. I I don't think he will stay down forever. Uh, The Cowboys have definitely been much more active in running the football the last few weeks. But but there are some owners that are definitely panicking on what's going on with CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, there's no no question about that. And, uh, yeah, we talked about those rookie quarterbacks. I guess maybe, you know, we'll segue that into uh, the – you know what's looking good for week five free agents this week yeah yeah uh, yeah so i you know i i don't think you know again i think in a lot of leagues with, with astute with astute owners one of the guys that definitely was stashed was, was trey lance but if he's out there i, I I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you that you got to go on and, and get that player uh i think his upside's probably higher than the other guys that you mentioned mac jones very steady uh but he's we knew he was the starter from the get-go and, and now feels getting his opportunity and i think you'll see a little bit more inconsistency in that performance but i'd be eager in a league where where trey lance was available i i would certainly want to roster that player if i could yeah i think i think that you know he's an interesting player uh as far as mac jones is concerned i know he's probably available in a fair amount of leagues, uh, I want to see him drive the ball down the field. I, he's shown that he can, you know, get, can get rid of the ball quickly. He can read defenses. He knows where to go with the ball. But I, I want to see him just, you know, get a good plot, good pocket, climb the pocket, and fire that ball down the field and see if he can make some big throws. That's just the one thing in his arsenal that he hasn't shown yet this year, uh, his basic arm strength. So I'm interested in, in, uh, in watching that and uh, – yeah, it was exciting to see Trey Lance out there making some plays, and uh, Hill, I believe, will be uh, in the second half of the year a factor, especially, uh, you know, if he does, obviously, if he gets that starting job, um, you know, he'll be he'll be one, as you mentioned, to watch in the second half of the year. You know, it's kind of interesting with going back to Mac Jones, so, I, I, as you mentioned, getting rid of the ball very quickly, but the, the, the offense that uh, McDaniels and the, and the Pats are running is extremely conservative, where... Constant underneath throws to, to guys like um, uh, the, the kid from uh, the kid, Jacoby, Myers. Jacoby Myers from North Carolina State. He's been the, the biggest beneficiary. We saw we saw Kendrick Bourne make a couple of big catches. And one guy who down the field last year was a huge presence for the Raiders, and that was Nelson Aguilar. And he's basically completely useless in this offense at the moment. 
which is something that's kind of unfortunate because he had a very solid season last year. But like you said, they're not getting the ball down the field at all. And I think that's where, where Aguilar actually uh, stood out last year was down the field passes from, from Derek Carr, and that's not happening in this offense. Yeah, that's the one thing, and we'll, we'll you have to see that. But, uh, you yeah, know, that's the one thing in his game that he hasn't shown um, be able to drive the ball and throw it down the field and make big plays in the passing game. So uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. All right. So uh, running back to me, I, I think there's a couple of interesting players. Was uh, uh, just curious if you have more, that's fine. But I'm looking at three situations right now. Uh, they're playing in a Thursday night game tomorrow night, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Chris Carson looks like he's nursing a neck injury. Alex Collins was in there a little bit more than than normal last week and actually played very well, uh, scoring a touchdown and running very hard. Uh, so something to watch, especially on a short week, to see if if Alex Collins actually ends up being the running back uh, for the for the uh, Seahawks this week so I think that's something to keep an eye on um, I know game script kind of dictated this a little bit but it's been very curious the usage of Miles Sanders the last few weeks for the Eagles and Kenneth Gainwell is definitely a player who is making an impact in this offense especially in the passing game and you know I can't be remiss from discussing what's happened to David Montgomery the injury leaves him out for four to five weeks with knee injury and I'm sure in a lot of leagues Damian Williams is a name that people are going to be looking at on waiver wires to me those are the three most interesting names at the running back position for waiver wires this week was yeah I mean I think Damian Williams is, is is clearly number one of the players that you mentioned um He's going to get a real opportunity if he's healthy himself for the next five or six weeks um, with Montgomery being out. Uh, Gainwell, at this point, is more of a headache for Miles Sanders' owners, and he's been a good flex streaming option himself. Uh, it would take something to happen to Sanders, I believe, for Gainwell to get into that RB2 category himself but right now he's a real thorn in the side of Miles Sanders and he's playing very very well um and then you have to monitor the Seahawks situation right now the, you know some of these players just you know are just hurt um Penny and Chris Carson are hurt so Alf you know Collins was was running very very hard last week um so he is certainly a player to keep your mind you know your eye on but at this point Damian Williams is clearly uh, the number one priority pickup uh, in, in in leagues this week. All right, and how about at receiver, Wiz? What 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 names are you looking at? What are players that are getting your attention? Yeah, I think a, you have know, a standout to me out of the guys that you know. I'm, I'm I really have a don't have a difficult time judging on like what percentage players are available in, in certain leagues, and it all depends on what leagues you're talking about. But a player that I think is probably available in a fair amount of leagues is Van Jefferson. And I think he is just becoming, you know, week after week, uh, an important part of that offense. He's certainly not an afterthought. Uh, so I think, you know, Van Jefferson at wide receiver is a player that is probably available in, I don't know, maybe half the leagues that are out there. And, uh, I think at wide receiver should be one of the top pickups this week. Yeah, I have Jefferson down there as well. I think people have been torn all year on on, on Hunter Renfro as well, Wiz. And I think just I think the Raiders have figured out how to use this player. I don't think he should be involved as 
uh, not rostered in as many leagues as he is. So that's another player. And you, I know I know you mentioned you know, what percentage of people rostered because it's really dependent upon the size of these leagues. But but I agree with you on Jefferson on a team that's going to definitely pass the ball a lot. He's looked fantastic. Uh, you know, Hunter Hunter Renfro is another guy. I guess I'd ask you is uh, you know with Josh Gordon being reinstated and, and nobody outside of Tyreek Hill and T- Travis Kelsey really able to establish themselves. You know, look, it's been a long time since we've seen the, the unbelievable production that we saw from Josh Gordon early in his career. Obviously, demons have followed him throughout his throughout his time with the Browns and Seahawks and Patriots. Uh, but he's making a comeback with Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, again, I think a player that might warrant some attention. Uh, I'm just not sure how crazy I would go for it. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to determine. Uh, but he is a name that I think some people will look for as a potential pickup this week as well. Yeah, I would go back to Renfro for a second first. Yeah, I didn't really mention him because I, I just felt, you know, at this point, his production uh, has been strong. And I, I felt he has definitely been in rostered in more leagues than Van Jefferson. But if he's not, certainly a player that, you know, um, you should try and pick up because uh, Carr has a lot of confidence in the player and he keeps producing. So certainly uh, Renfro, if he's available. As far as Gordon goes, I mean, if I read on Roto World, uh, one of these, um, you know, uh, websites that talk about pickups and, 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 and practice squads, if I read that Danny DeVito signed with the Chiefs, I'd give Danny DeVito a look. I mean, if anyone's catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, you have got to consider the player. And I just, when I watch Kansas City, I don't know. It just seems like they're kind of fed up with McCole Hardman in some ways. That you know, I don't know what the confidence level of Mahomes is in with McCole Hardman. And there are other guys. I don't know. Uh, I would certainly think Gordon is worth a flyer. If you're hurting at wide receiver and want to take a flyer, there are worse players in worse situations to take a flyer on than um, than Gordon. So I would I, I I preemptive picked him up, I think, in two, in two leagues two weeks ago. As soon as I saw that there was an interest in Kansas City was probably going to sign him to the practice squad. So I have him rostered in two leagues, and uh, I'm just going to play it out. Yep, I think that's good advice, and I definitely concur that that is a smart strategy when it comes to this offense and anybody that is on it. Uh, your Danny, De- Danny DeVito uh, analogy notwithstanding. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think you want you have an opportunity to have a receiver catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. There's, there's nothing clever about that or genius about that. Just it is what it is. And uh, if he you know doesn't do anything, he could just drop him. But I think there's an opportunity for a lot of upside there. Yep, I, I don't disagree. So you, you've got some consistency issues um, at, at the tight end position of uh, certain guys that are, you know, one week they show up, one week they don't. It's it's always a tricky position. A lot of it is 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 pace of the game and how that gets dictated. But obviously, some bad news. Logan Thomas, a guy that most people counted on this year as being a number one tight end, he's now on IR. Uh, so there are going to be some players out there that are going to warrant a look. I think people have been very undecided about the Dallas situation, Wiz. And, and I see in a few leagues that, that, yes, last week Dalton Schultz did get picked up, but in some other leagues he's not yet. Uh, but to me, he's kind of the clear favorite uh, of Dak Prescott, especially Michael Gallup out of the lineup. I don't think he should be on waiver wires at this point. Another guy that's popping up with every week, 
producing, and that's Dawson Knox, who I think nobody really talked about preseason. Uh, but, you know, you can't ignore the, the, what's going on with the player. Uh, so just a couple of names that I would throw out at the tight end position. And, and I still think Hunter Henry is the one guy, uh, if you're going to choose between uh, John o. Smith and Henry, is the guy that you want to own on New England as well. Uh, you know, I think I see him available in some leagues as well, Wiz. But obviously there will be a need at the tight end position. I'm going to throw one more name, Wiz, at you. Um, it seems like every time he steps on the field, he does produce. I would like to see him on the field for more snaps than he currently is. He is a converted wide receiver. Adam Troutman can't catch a cold. Uh, or for, if he fell out of a boat, I'm not sure he could hit the ocean at this point in time. But Jawan Johnson is still a guy that kind of has my attention. Uh, he scored another touchdown this week. Just not on the field for enough snaps. Uh, but maybe that begins to change as time moves on this season, Wes. Yeah, those are all interesting names. I'm going to add one. I, I like Max Williams. Uh, I, I like his athletic ability. Um, I think he fits well in that system. Um, so he's a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. And if he's available at tight end in a league where you got hurt with Logan Thomas or Gronkowski, I've been in a league where my two tight ends are Gronkowski and Logan Thomas. That's fantasy football for you. That's the, um, you know, that's the – that's the level of luck and unlucky uh, that comes to, you know, people when they play fantasy football. So I'm going to be looking at the free agent wire. And, uh, yeah, Max Williams is a player uh, that I would keep my eye on if I had one of those players and he was available uh, as far as free agents go with tight end. All right. Very good, Wiz. Very good. All right. So let's move to Thursday night football, Wiz. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are home. Host are going to be in those uh, – they're going to be on those uh, those highlighter uniforms that they uh, tend to wear. They're going to be wearing those this week against the L.A. Rams. A big division matchup here uh, right now. The Los Angeles Rams will lay in two and a half points uh, to the Seahawks, and that uh, over-under is 54 and a half. So uh, let's look at it from a game perspective, Wiz. Is there a side that you're looking at in this particular game? I will tell you that I'm not looking at this game. I feel that the point total is probably correct. I'm always a little bit scared off on a high point total on a Thursday night but I'm going to refrain from touching any part of this game. I'm really not sure. It's a big game, like I said, for both teams. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to stay away from this particular ball game. What are you thinking about this game, Wes? Yeah, I'm thinking it's a good game to watch. Uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think that the point spread is right. I think the Rams deserve to be a slight favor on the road. Total is about right to me. Um, I'm just going to be a fan and root for my fantasy football players that I have in this game. But as far as, a, you know, betting the game goes, uh, the total inside, I'm going to take a complete pass as you are. Okay, good stuff. So let's move on to DraftKings for the Thursday night game. I always, you've been very good at this, picking out those uh, sneaky little picks for that, that can kind of break, uh, break a lineup and, and, and give yourself an opportunity. So any players that you see warrant uh, significant rostering in this Thursday night game? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's going to be one player that I'm going to key around um, on DraftKings because I, you know, I like him um, in a player prop as well. Um, this is one of my two player props. So the guy that I'm going to key on and make my captain in the Thursday night showdown is going to be Daryl Henderson. 
<clears throat> he'll be my key guy. Uh, and then I'm going to just sprinkle in some guys, the aforementioned Van Jefferson, I'm going to put in there. I may some have some Will Disley. I don't think Everett is going to play this week. I think he's still with COVID in the short week. So maybe some Will Disley, maybe some Alex Collins. Uh, you know, I may, you know, look at the third receiver. Dwayne Eskridge looks like he's going to miss the game again. So uh, I'm just going to look for make Henderson my key guy, put in some sprinkling, some off-the-cuff kind of guys that low salary, like I mentioned, Disley and maybe Alex Collins and Van Jefferson, and then put the uh, usual suspects in there, the Matt Staffords, the Cooper Cups, the Robert Woods, the Tyler Lockett, you know, all, all of those guys uh, in a few different lineups. But Henderson's going to be my key guy this week. Yeah, interesting. And I know Robert Woods is getting talked about as, as get a player that they need to get more touches, but – you know, again, right now, let, let's see it. He did score a touchdown in garbage time last week. I'm with you, Wiz. I like sprinkling in the Van Jeffersons. I don't have Disley written down for this one, but the, the Van Jeffersons, the Swains, uh, Alex Collins at 4,800 would be very attractive, especially if there's no Chris Carson. I don't have one guy that I'm kind of leaning on this week, but those are three guys that I'd be looking to sprinkle into my lineup uh, for this particular ball game. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, the one player that I like is Henderson, and then after that, I'm just gonna mix and match and put a good guy, a few players in there where I'm getting some salary relief, where I'll be able to load up on, you know, the Staffords and and Cups and Robert Woods and and other lineups with Metcalfs and Russell Wilson. But Henderson's gonna be my uh, my key guy this week. All right, fantastic. All right, so you said you have two player props. I only have one player pop, so I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you the handoff here. What are your two players? It sounds like Henderson is one of your players, so I'll let you talk about that. And why don't you give me your two players, and I'll give you my one one uh, pick for draft uh, for for player props this for this particular ball game. Yeah, so Seahawks have played four games this year. First game they play against the Colts, and they had a good lead in that game for most of the game. So Jonathan Taylor couldn't get a full workload, but the combination of Jonathan Taylor and Nakeem Hines running the ball ran for 90 yards. Week two, Derrick Henry gashed him for buck 80 rushing. Week three, the Vikings didn't even have Dalvin Cook. Madison got him for 120. Week four, Trey Sermon, who had been concussed the week before, got an opportunity, got him for 19 carries for 90 yards. Daryl Anderson is 62 and a half yards rushing. On top of that, Sony Michelle had a key fumble last week. Um, I think they are going to really give um, the lion's share of the carries to Henderson. 62 and a half is an over that I really like for Henderson rushing um, rushing yards for Thursday night football tomorrow. So that's one. The other one, I have an amazing stat uh, regarding Russell Wilson. So the under and over for Russell Wilson's passing yards right now sits at 272.5 yards passing. Oh, you, you, By the way, Liz, the, let me just tell you one thing. You're beating me to the punch here, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson's under and over is 272 yards passing. In the last 11, that's right, 11 games against the Rams – that's three games they played last year, two in the regular season, and they played in the wild card game. The two games in 2019, the two thousand, the two games they played in 2018, the two, th- two games they played in 2017, and the two games they played in 2016. The most yards he's thrown against them, 11 games, is 268 yards passing. Russell Wilson, 
under 272 yards and a half yards passing is my play. Henderson over two six. Henderson over 62 and a half, and Russ Wilson under 272 and a half yards passing on my two plays for tomorrow night. Yeah, so I have the same prop bet as you, uh, Russell Wilson. I was actually shocked at, at what he's done the last 11 times against the Rams. Uh, I'm actually even more surprised where the line is. Uh, so I'm right with you there, and this is a passing game that's kind of struggled the last couple of weeks in terms of down the field. I, I actually look at this bet, Wiz, and I'm a, I'm a little bit scared, saying, is there some, does someone know something that I don't know, uh, or am I just thinking too hard? But when I look at it, the fact that you tell me, like I, like I saw 11 times in a row, uh, that the player has not gone over that yardage, I have to go with the odds and say, it's not going to happen again. So I am with you under 272.5 yards, Russell Wilson in this ball game as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, anything could happen, but Russell Wilson had great receivers. He had Lockett and Metcalf uh, last year in the three games against him. He had receivers like Doug Baldwin uh, all of those years. They, there were games where the Seahawks scored over 30 points uh, in some of those games, and yet none where he threw for over 260 or 80 yards passing. Now, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess anything can happen in the game, but I'm going to take my chances and I'm going to go under that passing yards. And I also really like the Henderson rushing yards. And what's good about that, in my opinion, is that those two wagers go hand in hand because I think if the Rams are playing ground and pound, that's Russell Wilson going to be on the sidelines. Yep. Very good point. Very good point. So I, I'm with you on that. So we, we, are, we are, have the same exact uh, bet for the prop bet there. And uh, I'm intrigued by your uh, Daryl Henderson one. I actually may hop on that one as well with you. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Was anything further to add on this podcast before uh, we head off? No, no, nothing uh, yet. Looking forward to the uh, Sunday uh, player props and uh, waiting for those lines to come out. And, uh, um yeah, hopefully it'll be a good week five for us as well. All right, Wiz, very well done. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple's, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Great job as always, Wiz. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Look forward to catching up yes, later in the you. week. You as well.